Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the latest training camp news and notes. Joe, before we get into training camp, I wanted to discuss a story I wrote for uh, Forbes.com. I spoke to former Chiefs pro bowler Tom Mahali about his mentorship, which he actually calls a friendship, with second-year edge rusher George Karloftis. It's really cool. And, and Joe, some connections to you beyond the Chiefs connection. Uh, you know, Tom Holly grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. Don't know if that's near you. And he, of course, went to the other Pennsylvania school, some school called Penn State. Yeah. 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 Not not the Quakers. But uh, <laughs> no, but, um, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's a Teaneck's uh, North Jersey, an you know, hour two away from where I grew up in Philly. So, yeah, got that. he's got that nice East Coast vibe to him. Um, fantastic player, great human being. Like, what an amazing story, Jeff, that you put out there to show how friendships can transcend, you know, generations of players. And, you know, even being on this, didn't have to be on the same team at the same time, right? To strike up a friendship and, and want to move things forward, right? And uh, Tom, given that kind of uh, sage, you know, martial arts kind of like mentality to, to George. So I really great, great job there, Scoop. That's going to be your new nickname <laughs> on the show, Scoop, Scoop Fedotin. But uh, yeah, that, that was fantastic. And I really, really enjoyed reading it. And, you know, we, martial arts can be a really big part of, you know, of, of hand fighting and what it takes to have body balance and, and body movement on, on an NFL field. We used to do, um, Chiefs used to bring in a guy, who trained us in Bushida Khan, which is like a, it's like a street fighting form of martial arts. And it was all a lot of hand motions. And uh, I'm telling you, that really helped me a lot because, you know, it becomes, you know, the NFL in the NFL, you know, blocking at that level, it becomes a lot of hand fighting with, you know, guys that are edge rushers, especially. So I benefited from it. So it was cool to cool to kind of see that come alive. Yeah, that's really interesting here. I've I've heard about how, and we'll get into how uh, Holly did this and, and instructed Karloftis on it, but I've heard how some defensive linemen did it. I didn't know if they were doing that back uh, in the 90s. That's very cool. Like, was that like a few years into your career, Joe, or when did they do that with the Chiefs? Pretty much the whole time. Dave Redding, really? our strength coach, used, yeah, Dave Redding, our strength coach, used to bring in uh, a contact of his that uh, he had befriended in the Kansas city area. And, um, you know, he was there for us a couple of days a week during the off season. And, you know, after we were done our workouts or whatever, he'd, he'd bring somebody over and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just, he'd, or he'd bring all of us over and we'd take mm-hmm. us through stretching, take us through some of the hand fighting and the motions, the movements, and we get in and do it against each other. And, you know, it can, hey, listen, that, that kind of stuff can't hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it can't, it can't hurt to, to be more flexible and it can't hurt to be more diverse in your, in your skill set, you know, as it relates to, uh, you know, trying to translate what you do out on the field or what you do in the, in the locker room or, or in the practice field out into the field. So now I benefited from, it. I think that combined with my boxing that I did as a kid, you know, uh, with my dad and my brother, my dad was a professional and, you know, taught me how to use my hands a little bit, how to take a hit, 
um, until my nose just got way too big. Um, <laughs> and, and it hurt, it hurt, you know, when you get, when you have a nose as big as I do and you haven't had it broken, you know, it just, my eyes used to water and you're going to get hit, right? If you're yeah. not getting hit, it means you're not boxing, right? So it's not as if you can avoid getting hit. And <clears throat> Jeff, when I used to get hit in the nose, it used to hurt so bad, especially as I got older in my teens. And I was like, all right, I got to, I got to give this up. You know, I got to, I got to hang up the gloves. Cause it, you know, my dad was like, listen, unless you get your nose busted, it's going to hurt every time you get hit there. Cause it's, you know, think about it. I mean, it's, you know, you have a bony nose and I've got a nice big Roman schnoz. So, you know, that hey. was, I, I definitely need to put a helmet on. It benefited you in some areas in life, I'm sure, you know, made you, that's why you're such a TV celebrity back in KB, KMBC nine days with that, with that massage, with that look of yours, with well, and had listen, the downside you know, of costing you a boxing career, maybe. So. When I told, when I told my dad I was going to be on uh, the news, when I got the gig at channel nine, he's like, well, Joey, you always had a face for radio, but we'll see how the TV gig works out. So, uh, you know, but, you know, but Jeff, funny thing about having a big nose, you know, playing football is when I was in college, there were the, it was a bike manufacturer, a bike manufacturer, a helmet manufacturer named bike. Sure. And they were bike helmets uh -huh. and bike helmets were really cool because the face masks were very close to your face and they made you look really tough. Uh-huh. But um, especially for linemen, right? And and they were a little more compact than some mm -hmm. of the big, you know, cages that I wore in college. And I'll never forget, I went to the equipment manager and said, hey, can I get one of those new bike helmets? I was going into my senior year and I was like, figure, hey, he'll, he'll take care of the senior, you know, an old guy on the team or whatever. And uh, I put on one of the bike helmets and my nose was touching the face mask. <laughs> That's how big it was. So he goes, listen, you're not getting that helmet. He goes, I'm not, he goes, that's not a liability I'm putting on my shoulders. You know, you busting your nose up because I gave you a helmet that was too small. So I couldn't even wear a bike helmet when, uh, uh not a bike helmet as in like a riding my bike right, helmet, but a bike, bike Riddell bike yeah. brand. And, uh, yeah, so that's my, my big nose helmet story. That, that is great. That, that is funny stuff there, Joe. Yeah. And, and it's interesting how you mentioned how jujitsu helps with all the hand fighting, which that makes sense. Uh, Holly was saying that it actually helps with leverage and hip movement, things I guess you need uh, uh, for pass rushing. And it, it's really cool how it came about because Karloftis was some, somebody that that he studied and had watched film of Holly and was really wanted to get in touch with him, which shows his appreciation of the pass and his desire to get better. Um, and how it actually went down, Joe, is at the 101 Awards, which I, I'm sure you remember those, still go, going on in Kansas City. It's been over 50 years and um, Karloftis was not at the 101 Awards, um, but uh, Taba Ali is a Chiefs ambassador, meaning we, he's one of those guys who sports him. He means he's also got a, a Super Bowl ring, like some of our buddies did, like Christian Okoye for being a Chiefs ambassador. Anyhow, he was at the 101 Awards banquet, and one of the Chiefs staffer who's kind of in charge of player engagement, uh, Ramsey Robinson, went up to Holly and said how Karloftis wanted to get in touch with him exchange numbers and then you know one thing led to another they're working out joe tom ali actually has a jujitsu like um i guess ring one called whatever in his house and so they come over to his oh, house wow. at like 6 a.m so impressed with karloff just not only reaching out or reaching out through the chiefs and appreciation of the past but man if it was the off season i would be working out hard maybe not 6 a.m you know like do it <laughs> so really really impressive for Karloftis to 
to stick with this. And they worked out, um, you know, two to three times a week for about uh, six weeks. They actually, I think they would have gone a little bit longer, but uh, Tom Ali is doing better now, but he had a, a case of gout in his foot. And so they had to kind of cut it off. Not, not, excuse me, they had to cut their workouts off. About yeah, thank you. Just off. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody will be reading that on Twitter no, tonight no, that Tom no, Ali had his foot amputated. Right. For bearing the lead there. Anyhow, so they had to uh, curtail the, um, the the workouts and then OTAs were kind of starting. Anyhow, yeah, but, uh, yeah Joe, uh, just really impressed with both these guys that they bridged, they created a, a connection, a relationship of a Chiefs present and past, but also really Carl Loftus with his appreciation of the past, his willing, his his willingness and his want to to get so much better and, and learn new skills. Yeah, you got to love that, right? I mean, that's and, and that's the one thing about the Chiefs ambassadors that, you know, it's one of my biggest uh, regrets was, you know, not living in the area or having or being too close or being able to get back to all those ambassador events because they are they are a really special group and 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 Kansas City community makes it so easy for, you know, for the Chiefs to be a part of it for for former and legacy Chiefs and it is it is a really special group and I just remember being a young player and having those guys around Dave Lindstrom and, you know, Bobby Bell and just all those guys that were Curtis McClinton and just guys that were always there for us. Ed Lothamer, just to name, just to name a few, right? I mean, Larry Marshall, I could just keep going on and on and on with these most impressive guys that were there for us just to kind of just be there, you know, and to was tie it, the past. Joe, was there a guy that was most helpful to you during the time in the chief ambassador um or somebody you really connected with? I know so many of them were so nice to you, but. Um, I would have to say Ted McKnight was a guy that I think just, just an unbelievable human being, right? It just always there to, you know, if, if he sensed that, you know, you have a good practice, cause these guys were always, they were at practice. They'd come on game trips with us. Like when he sensed that, you know, things might be going, you know, might be having, you might be having a tough time as a younger player, like just put his arm around you and, you know, tell you about, you know, what it was going to be like. Yeah. Ted, Ted was definitely a guy. Ted McKnight was definitely a guy that I, I you know, really Dave Lindstrom, another one mm -hmm. just, you know, had successful businessman after, uh, after football, you know, went on to do great things in business. Um, Ted and I actually are in the same industry. We're both in the insurance industry. So um, we always had stuff to talk about post uh, post retirement and, and and even you know beyond the the ambassador days while I was playing, uh, you know Larry Marshall was a guy that was from the Philly area that we talked a lot about. He was a kick returner and a running back, and yeah, we just it was just they were just great guys to be around, and you know so so welcoming and just made you feel such a part of the community. Very cool, and uh, more on Chiefs news, and also more on the Tamba Holly George Karloftis connection. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, did you um, did you know Tom at all, given just the, you know, Jersey, Pennsylvania connection and just Chiefs, had you met him at all? 
I had I met him this year for the first time at the uh, Hall of oh, Fame game for Kimball yeah. Anders at the Titans game. Yeah, so cool. it was the first time I first time met him, and it was really super uh, nice guy. We there was a couple of events that were going on in the Kansas City area when we were out there. We did a, you know, Will Shields uh, had a uh, an, an NFL PA event out at the um, uh, out at the Top Golf, so we got a chance to meet there, and then saw him at, at Kimball's uh, celebration. So yeah, did get a chance to meet him, shake hands with him, introduce myself, and and catch up. But that had been the first time uh, that I had met him. So yeah, he, you know, he probably said, "Hey, how was it playing at Penn State?" You know, when yeah, I got cool, there, man. and I'd have to explain I didn't go to Penn State. You know, went to Penn. No, I'm kidding. Now we, uh, but we we did definitely get to meet. Super, I mean, super great guy. You know, just super. And I, I hear nothing but great things about him as a, as a person incredibly nice guy and with a really cool background and story that kind of strengthened his bond with Karloftis. Um, Holly's really, first of all, he's no wonder that he was around for that. He's not only a chief's ambassador, but you know, he's, he settled in Overland Park, Kansas. He was a guy like Karloftis. He was an immigrant and a, and a really uh, nice story that he immigrated from um, Liberia and to escape civil war. Uh, Karloftis immigrated uh, from Athens, Greece. As I, that story has been told. You know, he was a water polo player back in Athens. So, um, and, and he came under adverse uh, situations in the sense that very sad that his uh, Karloftis' dad had passed away at a very young age, just in his 40s, right before. And then his mom decided to move the family to the, the States. Um, uh, and then he went to Purdue and he was in the area as well but they bonded over that and um, holly is just a really interesting guy not only is he instructing carl Loftus on pass rushing and some other guys he went to penn state his his own mater um he he's an accomplished in the music industry he's got mm -hmm. his own studio he's um reminds me a little bit like just tangentially about you know christian okoye right yeah you know coming, totally. <clears throat> coming from, coming a, from you know, yeah. both both of them both of them you know uh george and and tama coming from, you know, foreign countries and not really growing up here, you know, not spending a lot of their formative years here. And then, you know, getting exposed to this game of a quote, air quote, American football. And, um, you know, it's really interesting to see how I love when you read about players that, that didn't really have an exposure to it. And then all of a sudden they come and have great successful careers, you know, in American football. Cause um, you know, it's just not, so, it's, it's something you think you have to grow up playing and you really don't. And, and what what a renaissance man in this uh, for Holly in the sense that uh, I was talking about his music career that he has his own record label he's he's done kind of everything he's produced he's written lyrics so he's got and he's now trying to create a music festival in the states uh, to give kind of Liberians um, a festival where they can showcase their talent so kind of a noble effort there and Joe I thought the most interesting thing he was saying was so Teaneck New Jersey is where they ended up. Uh, growing up and to credit his father ended up being a teacher there. He, he taught um, basically a very, various courses in, in math and science. And uh, Tamba took his, his course. I thought how, how weird that must be to be in your father's, be a, a student in your father's classroom. And, you know, he, he said he actually liked it. I thought it would be awkward, but he said he only yeah. got to be in it because his father refused to help him on any of the homework. So I thought that was <laughs> That's a, awesome. Like, it really wasn't pertinent to the story, but kind of a, a funny uh, uh, 
uh, thing to leave on the cutting room floor. So that's so funny. I mean, yeah, it makes me think of my my daughters had my wife as a teacher. Um, oh, they did in, really in, in middle school for math. Yeah, yeah. My daughters were were pretty good at math, and my wife was teaching the sort of the the advanced math class, and so it was only class that they could take, so they had to take her. So <laughs> they tried, you know, didn't want to. They always avoided her when she was teaching elementary school. She never had them in class, but until it just like just fate had it had them come together and they and they had to take her for math so they had a little code word that when they wouldn't they wouldn't it was they were not going to call her mrs valerio right uh -huh. in class like that would just be really awkward so they definitely weren't going to call her mom uh -huh. so they had this code word that they would say excuse me and so like excuse me meant that they were they were addressing her so anytime she heard the word excuse me in class, she knew that it was one of the girls like raising their hand and asking her. That's hilarious. Were they, like, excuse me. What, what, was Jen, was she more difficult on your, like that you always hear Oh about, yeah. Like every parent. Yeah. Like every parent yeah. who's a teacher or a coach, right? Like, you know, you're always toughest on, on your own kids. I know when I was coaching my daughters in lacrosse and basketball and softball, and I coached them in all these different sports, I was always, tougher, tougher on them, gave them less playing time than everybody else. Cause I didn't want to appear, you know, favoritism, but, uh, but I was, an e I, when I coached them, I was still an equal playing time guy. So I, I coached them at the youth age. So I didn't get them, you know, when they were getting into ultra competitive gotcha. stuff right, in right. high school. So I could split time. So I, I was a, just, that's a whole nother tangential conversation on an aside, but I was a, I was a, at the youth level. I was definitely a 50, 50 playing time person. I, I always felt like you needed to let people see where they could shine at different positions and, and play equal amounts of time and not like let five kids play the entire game. Totally. And it's speaking of just different generations, this isn't a different generation thing, but it's very cool. It was a 2006 first round pick and 2022 first round pick in Karloftis and Holly, excuse me, Holly and Karloftis. And it's very cool that they've kind of created this friendship, you know, a uh, with the commonality being the being the Chiefs, and Joe, we'll have we'll go back to some training camp news uh, after we take a real brief break here. Well, Joe, some good news, bad news from Chiefs camp. We'll we'll start with the bad news and then get to the good news. I'm curious your take on both these. Uh, one of the 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 major offseason signings for the Chiefs, uh, Charles Amenahu, six game suspension. We knew we kind of knew a suspension was coming. I thought it. I thought six games was a little long. Um, I thought it'd be shorter, but for it was a domestic violence situation. Joe, how big a deal is this suspension? How much do you think the Chiefs will miss him, or is it not that big a deal? Jeff, let's let's take it two sides of this, right? Let's let's look at it pure football, right? Let's 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 forget what it was yeah. for a second and just say from a football perspective, anytime. You know, you go out and make a major signing for a starter, and he's going to be suspended for six games. You're you're losing flow, right? And and you're losing the ability to have to see, you know, what it's going to be like to have that player out there. And as you know, we talk about it all the time. Here's my quote again: September is the new preseason, right? It's going to be tough for him to get back in the swing of things, right? So I I think it it definitely. Um, you know, it's going to see it's it's we're going to see what the rotation looks like, right? Between George and Dana, and uh, you know, uh, being able to get Felix uh, Anudike Uzama back in there, like in the mix. I mean, you know, does it force him to accelerate a little bit sooner and not give him maybe the time that he needs to develop? And 
who knows what could happen there. So it definitely throws things in a tizzy for sure uh, from a pure football perspective. The other thing is, Jeff, you know, the stuff with domestic violence, you can't like let's put that football stuff aside. Right. Because right? that's that's the football side of it. Listen, it has to be set an example that, you know, you, you it's, I, I, you know, zero tolerance. Right. For for this kind of behavior in, 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 in action. So, you know, we'll let the courts and all that stuff decide, you know, what happens legally or civilly or whatever from a from a legal perspective. That's that's not us to judge. But, you know, it's you can't it's 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 you just can't say how bad something like that is. And, you you know, it's got to be zero tolerance to that. So on that side of it, look, it's he's going to get what is deserved and and for what happened, for what he did. So that's like the the personal side of it. Right. I, you know, being somebody who's got three daughters and, you know, I'm, you know, it just I know what that I know how I would feel if that situation came up with me and, and something like that. So not that, you know, people, you know, let, let you judge, right. Who, who, you know, you don't want to just sit here and be judgmental, but it's, it's definitely, um, you know, something we have to, that the league has to address and that the courts have to address. No. And I'm glad you mentioned that Joe, because we were praising people, you know, the chiefs ambassadors, uh, we were pra- praising people like Tom Bahali in that, you know, the chiefs, have so many character guys. So th- this is this is an issue. We should shouldn't be just glossed over as a, an organization. I think the Chiefs do like to pride themselves on having those high character guys. So that that is, is an issue um, on the field. I do wonder if you know Chris Jones is going to sign at at some point, or at least if he doesn't get a new contract. I still think he shows up. He's you know he's not going to turn down twenty million um, uh, and and not play this year, but. You know, if he's a little bit rusty and a man who's a little bit rusty, I mean, the, the D-line's not super deep. I think this is um, – I think it could impact the Chiefs early on. Now, this, the season is so long now. As we say, September is the new preseason with 17 games. Six games isn't as long. And I think the Chiefs – the Chiefs really need to be just in good shape for the stretch run. And I think they'll be fine there. But I think this could impact them early on for sure. Yeah, no, it's going to have an impact for sure. And, um, you know, like I said, that like we, we nailed all the points. They're not that deep. They've got young players. You know, I know we've talked a lot about George and his development and, uh-huh. and how well he, you know, his rookie year seemed to, to progress, but still, they're still really relatively young at that, at that position. And um, especially from a, in totality, right? When you look mm-hmm. at the whole entire rush, edge rushing, defensive end position. So, yeah, I think it. You know, I think we might see the we might see, see some of the ill effects of him not being out there right away and and losing a step uh, here and there. Because you know, I know I don't know particularly what it's going to be like whether he's allowed to work out with the team and practice and not play. I didn't look that to be honest. I don't didn't look into it that much from a in depth in that perspective. Um, but you know definitely going to, you know, affect his timing for sure. So, and there are various benchmarks. He has to be away from the team a little bit, then he can like work out with the team. So it's, it's a little complicated. It's not, but it's, it's not like he's just gone for six weeks. It's, it's kind of a gradual thing. Yeah. Uh, have you been watching the clips of Justin Ross? I mean, I'm getting excited about this guy. Are you, are you buying in about uh, this uh, exciting wide receiver? 
Yeah, I mean, we we all knew, right? You, I I had to give you a lot of credit, Jeff. I think you've been you've been a you've been a Justin Ross fan. I, I have think been. he seems to be past the, the injury and and uh, knock on wood. And you know, he's he had all the skills, man, to to do it. I you know, I think uh, I think he could be the one, right? Could be the one that that, that comes along once once in a a team's. Uh, not generation, but you know, once in a team's chemistry that that all unfolds as the seasons progress, he could be that guy that that they found. And you know, let's give Brett Beach a lot of credit for for digging him up and and getting him out there and putting him where they needed him to be. So, I, I think it's I think it he could be he could be. So, he's uh he's six four, and is a freshman at Clemson. You know, where you're going against, you know, the some of the best teams, including when they you know, played Alabama in the college football playoffs. So he's 6'4". And as a freshman at Clemson, he had 46 catches for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. You know, it's not – he was doing it on as high a level as you could do it in college before he had some serious injuries. Um, he had a, a, a fusion uh, surgery. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, involving his neck. That That's obviously very major. Um, and then he had some foot issues – um, so I, I really think it just comes down to health, but it's really exciting to see. He clearly has talent. He clearly has so- size. So I think it's going to come down to obviously his health and whether he can, um, you know, that that's why he didn't get drafted with health health issues. And it's kind of going, he's a Clemson guy. Um, so he shared the same agent as Sammy Watkins. And I think that part of the reason the Chiefs were able to get him is like, who doesn't want to go? to the Chiefs and catch passes from Patrick Mahomes, that's going to make you look good and being in the Nandy Reed offense. But Brett Veach had developed a relationship with uh, Sammy Watkins' agent. Um, and, and so that's why kind of uh, the Chiefs were a good fit. Joe, this is probably the guy. So the Chiefs uh, start their preseason uh, Sunday versus the Saints. I'm excited for a lot of things. Justin Ross is, I think, the guy I'm really circling to see how he does in actually a more setting. Mm-hmm. But anything you're uh, looking forward to seeing? Well, I think, um, well, it's, it's, it's always, I'll be anxious to see who plays. Like, yeah. I, right. you know, who's, who's going to go out and I'm, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens at the tackle position. Right. I think that's for me, of course, I'm going to be biased to that, you know, because of, of, you know, my line, my love of, of the offensive line, but it's going to be interesting to see, I think, you know, see how Juwan and Donovan Smith, you know, pull it together, getting used to this offense, uh, the big playbook, the, you know, the calls, the, the, the transitions, the, um, the uh, adjustments that you have to make with this offense. It's an ever evolving offense. So that's for me is as the preseason progresses, that's probably the position for me, at least personally that I'll be watching um, the most. I, I think there's a lot of positions that need, need to play out, right? Obviously, we've talked, you know, about about what happens with Justin Ross and, and the rest of the wide receiving core without Kadarius Tony. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how that gels throughout the off or the preseason. Um, obviously, for me, I think the interior part of the offensive line is solid. We don't have to really um, work about wor- worry about that. Um, you know how they get the rotation going with running back. I mean, there's a lot. There's still a lot of things here that, even though the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, there's still, I think, 
there's still even some some question marks, right? Um, and, and for me, on offense, it's 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 the tackle position, and it's really wide receiver, right? To see how that comes about. Defensively, we talked a lot about it, right? It's going to be what happens on the off, defensive line if, if Chris mm-hmm. Jones comes back before too long, and and he gets some reps before you know the season opens, seeing how the Amenahu thing affects the depth uh, of the rushing position. And then, you know, I think other than that, that, that's really all I'll focus on on defense. I think we're pretty solid in the backfield. I think we'll we'll be just fine in at linebacker at the linebacking core. So, you know, for me, it's it's about the tackles, the receivers, and the defensive ends. Those would be the three things I want to really focus on throughout the uh, preseason. I'm glad you mentioned the the tackles because, uh, yeah, Donovan Smith's going to be very interesting. Uh, to watch because you know i i think there's all sorts of scenarios i think he could be it could be a situation where last year he did struggle last year but that could totally be just because he was playing hurt and he could resemble the player he was earlier in his career and be fantastic or he could be maybe it wasn't the injury maybe he's just gotten a little older and declined as a player or it could be somewhere in between he's better than he was last year but he's, he's not quite what he was during his uh peak years of players. So Joe, I think that's going to be a really interesting to see might be a little bit tougher, you know, in preseason, it's not kind yeah. of the exotic blitzes and stuff, but you can still tell something, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you can tell whether players just by the way they carry themselves, how they're doing injury wise mm-hmm. and and how their physical health is and, and what kind of shape they're in. Um, yeah. There's definitely some signs that you can see, you know, foot movement, cause that's not going to change, right. They're still going to want to perform. Um, no matter whether they're playing against a second, third, fourth string, you know, defensive end or defensive tackle, there's still those players are still trying to make a roster. And, you know, so you can watch for certain things. Um, and I, for me, it's it's about watching their feet, right, to see how they're dealing with the speed of, of this offense and, and how well they can keep up from a conditioning perspective. It's pretty fast paced offense. They don't they don't huddle for long. Patrick gets the calls pretty quick. You don't see a lot of delay of games. Patrick likes to get a lot of plays in the game. So, you know, they move on this offense and they're always going. So it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how they're, they're affected by that. Great tip there, Joe, about uh, watching their feet. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by bet online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Luminary and tune in. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Go Chiefs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.